Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. <laughs> Amy's talking about crossing a river, and she forgot to factor in current people. Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister, Jenny, born in 1974. Good morning, Jen. Good morning. It really is morning. We have to race against time. Like, we have to bang this up because I have to shut off all of my air conditioning and fans. And, like, my house is like a fishbowl. So I'm just getting, like, it's just, it's going up by, like, one degree every 10, every 10 minutes. I was watching a documentary that Vice did on how to survive life on Mars. Don't ask. Okay. And... They have to keep shutting off their air conditioning in the car when they're recording. Yeah. So, like, there's this outtake of them just dripping sweat. Like, <laughs> we need to, we need to like air ourselves gonna, out. Uh, I know. Like, the, yeah, I have to figure that out. Because imagine that. Like, they have to be dressed up. Oh, God. And no. doing it. Okay. No. All but right. We are, uh, I have to say that I'm in a better state than I was when we record the first half of this. Like, I'm not in a better have... mental state because this crap episode enraged me. Well, there's that, but I mean, just my physical space and the demographics, not the demographics, what is it called? Logistics of what's going on in my, like in my apartment is better. Although I had workmen here ripping up the wall on Friday and you know how I am about my space. Yes. And I had like these loud people (laughs) ripping up walls. I also understand you are noise adverse. It was tough. It was really tough. Although they, they determined that they didn't have to rip up the whole wall so that was good that's but good. that was that was a lot that was a lot to deal with and it went on for what seemed like an eternity even though it was just like four hours yeah that's a lot that's a lot jen real quick you know we're we're always uh loose with the uh tv recommendations we have recommended clarkson's farm and a lot of our memes are watching it and loving it something so i don't want to recommend oh okay. is a netflix is doc- recommendation is a netflix documentary called pray away Oh, is that about the conversion camp? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It I mean, it, good? it has a good message. You know, all these people are reformed in the way that they've stopped trying to convert people yeah. and understand yep. sexuality right. is not a choice. However, it enraged me so much. And I realized how much of it took place during the 80s and 90s. Yep. 
Well, did it enrage you because of the topic? Like, was it a good documentary? It was okay. It was okay. Like, I've seen better. Okay. But, um... I watched a good documentary last night. Oh, no. What was it? Like, How to Make Bread? Why would I ever Terraforming watch that? Terraforming Mars. That, what was that it? That would be better. Um, the Painter and the Thief. Oh. It's about this woman who this this drug addict and his friend steal two of her paintings out of a gallery and then he doesn't remember it and then she meets him in court and ends up befriending him. It's this it's crazy. It's so good. What was it's like what was that on? That actually sounds pretty good. It's on Hulu. It was really, really good. The painter and the thief. Okay. So crazy. Alright. Not like we have time to just sit around and watch T V. I know this is the first movie I've watched in I don't even know how long. Because, you know, watching Little House is our job. <laughs> I know. I'm watching Little House like a boss. Guys, I have a lot of problems with this stretch of episodes we are in. I hope they yeah. get better. I hope so, too. All right, Jen. So we're continuing with this blind journey by looking at Little House on the Prairie. Season 5, episode 13, Blind Journey 2. As the journey from the last episode continues, a woman by the name of Hester Sue Terhune is prepared to help teach at the new school, and she quickly gets into Joe Kagan's good graces, but not Harriet Olson's. Meanwhile, Adam reveals a dark secret about himself. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And issues concerning racism affect everyone. I know what Adam's dark secret is. We will get to it. Okay. I don't understand. So, Jen, first we have the world's worst recap, which is a good four minutes long and displays all of Harriet's racism at its best. Yes. Can I recap the recap? Go ahead. There's a recap of the racist vote, a recap of the Dickens character doing the live eviction, <laughs> the giving away of Lars's house, and Charles in full Harriet panic. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's that's, that's about it. Yep. So we pick up where we left off with Harriet and Joe Kagan. Joe Kagan is... There, there's like goofy music playing like this is supposed to be Ugh. funny that harriet won't touch or talk to the black guy that's crazy it's crazy joe kagan is taking a bath she walks in on him it's a whole thing like and then she's like why are you trying to shock people he's taking a fucking bath <laughs> like am i I'm gonna go take a shower am i shocking people i'm trying to shock people now don't get me wrong there was an episode where charles Shocked me in a good way by being naked amongst the cattails, remember? Okay. Oh, God, that was awful. <laughs> that was not awful. That was amazing. Okay. Then we see Charles, and he's driving some blind kids, and he's letting them drive, Jen. Is that kid drugged? I don't know. I don't know what they did to these kids to make them, quote-unquote, <laughs> act blind. Unless some of them really are blind. Yeah, but... The, but I would hope they would is, give I, some blind kids some work. This is either an acting thing. Like, I don't think it's a sight thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they just have no no action to them. Like, they're just kind of <laughs> like, like, they are they seem drugged. Yeah, you're right. They, that, like, a blind person wouldn't be like that. Maybe he handed out Benadryl to all of them. <laughs> a la Amy and her kids, 2008. <laughs> all right, cut to the entire blind school waiting at the train station for Mrs. Terhune. Harriet is all eager, runs up to the train, and then she sees Hester Sue and is like... Um, um. <laughs> and then she actually says, I didn't expect the children to be black sheep. Oh, my God. And they're unloading the kids like they're boxes of, like, ammunition. Yeah, it's it's real bad, guys. It's real racist. Um, Harriet goes up to Hester Sue and asks for Mrs. Terhune. Oh, boy. And Hester Sue's like, uh, you're looking at her, dude. Jen, I have to say something about Hester Sue. What? She's beautiful. Yeah, she is. How That's old a, is I she? Forget. 
I forget her name. Uh, pause. What's her name? Ketty Lester. Mm-hmm. And we saw her in the earlier episode. She played Joe Kagan's wife, yes. which is super weird. I don't yeah. know why they... Okay, whatever. Uh, she was born 1934. Oh, okay. So she's like 45 at this point. Yeah. Okay. And he is... Moses Gunn is 50 at this point. So that's not bad. But she looks... Yeah. She looks Like good. she's yeah. 30. Yeah, she looks good. Wow. Okay. All right. She's a great actress. I really like her. How do I get, like, youthful appearance like that instead of this washed-up mess that's happening? <laughs> all right. So Joe Kagan immediately is all over her and is like, I'll carry your bags. And she's like, he calls her Hester Sue, and she says, my name is Mrs. Terhoon, and I'll carry my own bags. And she says, or Joe Kagan says, yes, ma'am, whatever your dignity demands. I just have to, Hester Sue lays down some boundaries with Joe, like, instantly. Instantly. Like, this is how it's done, folks. Yep, this keep is your how distance. That's, Jenny yep. needs a shirt that just says, keep your distance. <laughs> <laughs> but she lays it down right away. Yep. So now we see the entire lot moving across a beautiful mountain range. The children are singing, and they decide to stop and rest. And Harriet is still reeling over the fact that Hester Sue is black. And is like, I can't believe I gave her all my furniture. <laughs> she, I mean, they're pulling these kids so fast. That's got to be rough on, like, the rotator cup. <laughs> they are pulling right? them pretty fast. Yeah. Because the kids, guys, in case you didn't watch it, there's ropes off the back of the wagons. And the kids are, like, going along on the rope. Which, you know, at least they managed to tie the kids up, unlike Jack, who just had to be boundless and keep up. Jack would just hang under the wagon. Yeah. So Harriet is dressed to the nines. Yeah, what is she doing? Because she she only brought nice clothes, I guess. But Jen, where did she keep this nice clothes? She only has a little bag with her. I don't know. This is like the mystery of luggage. Like, is she wearing the same dress the entire time? No, she's not. It's weird. And she has different wigs and hats. Yeah. Like, it must be in a wagon somewhere. It it must be. So now we have some... And I don't know why they're not putting more kids in the wagon. I don't know. You mean to tell me you can't stack those kids up? There's stuff in the wagon. Their stuff is in the wagon. Okay. Whatever. Well, and that's more accurate to how they would have traveled. Remember, I, I don't know if I did an index card on it or just had this fact earlier on, is that they didn't they didn't put people in wagons and travel long distances because the ride was terrible. I mean, there's no shocks at this time. You're going over, like, you know, rocks it's like and Jenny's, trails. It's like Jenny's teenage car. What was that called? The Chrysler? Oh, what was that? Chevelle? No. Yeah, it was a Chevelle. Cause the sh- no, because I had the Chevette. No, Timmy had a was... Chevelle. He would be angry at us. No, it wasn't a Chevelle. I forget what it was. Caravelle or something? I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Guys, Jenny rode the shit out of this car. I, I mean, the shit out of that car. <laughs> who knows what she was doing There's in like it? There's like no shocks left. It was so bad that dad... I would drive it through the woods. I would drive it into the woods. It was so bad that dad made her park down the street from the house. She wasn't allowed to park in front of the house. <laughs> he was being an asshole. So, anyway. So, that's how they traveled. And they're pulling these kids on the ropes. But they would, like, people would walk outside the wagon and their stuff would be in the wagon. It was really hard to ride in a wagon. Like, if you see Charles on the seat, you could tell the seat has a little bit of, like, bouncing. Oh, I have my eyes peeled on Charles on the seat. Let's move on. Okay. Forget it. Um, So, now some annoying kid named Samson is harassing Harriet. Yes. 
And I don't know if that actor's really blind, because that kid doesn't seem blind. He seems pretty sighted. He's looking at Harriet. He's, he, he's supposed to be blind, but he's not okay. He's not acting it well. He's clearly okay. sighted. Jenny, I'm starting to think, of before these two episodes, we should have put a trigger warning. Like, if you're blind, don't listen to this, because I'm sure we'll offend you in some way. And we're sorry well, in advance. I feel like this acting is offensive to blind people. Right, like we're doing our best, guys, but we honestly can't tell the difference between are they really blind or just bad actors. Well, I think that kid is definitely sighted. There's no question. Okay. Because you see his, like in the later scene with Joe, you see his eyes moving following Joe. <laughs> so yeah, like, that's the thing. I see his he's eyes He's definitely sighted. Around. Okay. Yeah. So now we have Laura and Albert running home. They have a letter from Pa. It's from Butler and was <laughs> mailed three days ago. This lends credence to your idea because they're going to be home within a week. So it is a three-week journey. Okay. I thought you were a liar. No, they said that at some point. That doesn't mean anything. All right. Now, Charles' letter says, very important, guys, if the weather holds up, they'll be home within Uh a week. So what's the next scene? Pouring rain. Pouring rain. Downpour. As per usual on Mm -hmm. Charles' trips. It looks like they won't be making the week, Jen. Harriet no. is whining about having a shit in the woods, and Charles and Joe Kagan are just laughing at her. Charles and Joe Kagan spend the entire time just laughing at Harriet. Yeah. They could give a fuck about the safety of these kids. <laughs> They're just laughing at Harriet and trolling her. Uh, Joe Kagan points out to Charles that the all the rain is probably going to make the river rise. Remember, guys, we were headed towards a river at the end of last episode, and we super zoomed on Adam's face. He looked really right. concerned about it. <laughs> Well, and this is before Google Maps and bridges. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, they're trying to find a place to cross the river. Yes. And, like, they're just trying to figure that out. And they were saying something about a ferry. Yes. My man was looking at the map, and he found a ferry crossing. And he's like, so that we, would... need, we need to go south. So they south. would get the horses, on the, the horses and carts on the ferry? I'm assuming. I mean, you put a car oh. on a ferry now. Yeah. I'm assuming. No, I, I just... They would... It put... seems like... That would have to be a very large ferry to cross this tiny river. Maybe they would just put all the people on the ferry. Then what are they going to do with the horse and stuff? They could take that across. Okay. As we see later, you just beat the shit off a horse and it goes across the river. Right. Right. As we see later. (laughs) All right. So Mary and Adam, Jen, are snuggled up in a corner. (laughs) I can't can't with him. (laughs) Guys, I want to go back. To an episode where Jenny said Adam was hot. No, I take that all back. I take it all back. This guy's a bad actor. Linwood Boomer, you need to stick uh, to writing because stick to writing. Malcolm in He's the Middle was great. Stick yeah, to that. He's a good writer. Mm-hmm. So Mary and Adam are snuggled up in the corner. He wakes her up by shaking. What the hell? I shouldn't be laughing because it's no, PTSD. No, you shouldn't be laughing. It's, tra- it's trauma, right? Amy's laughing at trauma. Everyone take note. <laughs> I'm laughing at the horrible acting. Okay. Mary's all like, what's up, dude? And he basically tells her to shut the fuck up and go back to sleep. <laughs> Do you like how I recap stuff? <laughs> shut the hell up and go back to sleep. Now we have this really weird scene where Joe Kagan is creeping in on Hester Sue. He's creeping outside her wagon. <laughs> you see that? You understand why she set boundaries. Yes, but not only, Jenny, is he creeping, he's he's doing something real weird. He's going, Hester Sue. He's creeping already outside her wagon, <laughs> even after the boundaries were set. And he licks his finger. 
and sticks it in the cabin, in the in the covered part of the wagon. What is he doing? I have no idea. I thought he was going to give her a wet willy. I didn't know but what how was does happening. Hester Sue respond? Hester Sue points a fucking shotgun at him. <laughs> and guys, does. I'm anti-gun, but this is a good cause for a gun. Hester Sue does not play. She does not play. <laughs> this was awesome. <laughs> if you ever need a time where a gun is absolutely necessary, this is one of them. But did you notice that there's some racism against Native Americans at this point? Oh, no, I didn't get that. Because they make some kind of exchange that he's like, there's no savages here. And she says that remains to be seen. Oh, no. Yeah. So we got some layers of racism okay. happening All in right. this one. So she tells him, like, look, keep your fucking distance, dude. And he's like, all right, all right, all right. Okay. He backs all right, up. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so then Joe Kagan spots, Car- no, not Carson. What's his name? Samson, the little boy. I call I call him the questioning kid. <laughs> he's Samson. Yes. And he can't sleep, Jen, because he's thinking about what a benefactor means. Oh, God. Okay. Because Harriet told him she's his benefactor. Harriet's a real bitch. She really is. He says Mrs. Olsen doesn't like him. And he she's doesn't like nice Joe. K- she doesn't like Joe Kagan either. And he doesn't know why. And Joe Kagan says, well, we're not the right color. We're a different color. It's no biggie. But some people don't like the other color. Samson says if the world were blind like him and couldn't see, maybe it would be better because nobody would see a color. Samson is a sage. Yeah, he really is. Charles hears all of this, and so does Harriet. So does Mrs. Also. Yep. And Harriet and Charles exchange a weird glance. Yep. Charles gives her the, you know what you fucking did. Look. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when you pick yep. up your kids and you know they did something wrong and you just yeah. give them the, the look. Now we're at the prairie and, oh my God, Carrie. And her fucking trash mouth. It's a disaster. <laughs> She's trying to pray, guys. Here's her prayer. Are you ready? Jenny, put your hands folded in prayer as I as I pray. Ready? God bless Bandit. Okay. Fine. <laughs> God bless Wings. What's Wings? Wings? <laughs> is that a bird? What is that? God bless Chicken. Wings is not what she said. She said wings. I have the closed captioning on. Oh, my God. What is she talking about? (laughs) Maybe she thinks wings is an animal. (laughs) A type of animal. We know she's not clear on that. She's not clear. She's not clear. All right. So she's blessing bandit, the wings, and chicken. (laughs) I mean, there are times I want to bless chicken, like when it's fried and delicious. (laughs) But I don't know what the wing is. Whatever. Maybe Carrie's going to invent the chicken wing. Maybe. Okay. I mean, I feel like the chicken wing already exists, <laughs> but okay. It's a wing on a chicken. Laura's like, get the fuck to bed. Like, I can't even <laughs> with you. She's like, what is that uh, What is that book? Go the fuck to bed? Go the fuck to sleep. Morgan, Is it Morgan Freeman? Well, yeah. He didn't write it, but he voiced it. He, yeah. he voiced it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then, Laura, this scene is unnecessary. It's dumb. And- it's boring. It's boring. Laura goes out into the, the I want to say the main room of the Ingalls house. The living room? Living room, dining room. Sure. Whatever. Family room. Albert's sitting there reading a paper, drinking coffee, and smoking a pipe. I mean, they're like the, they're running the house now. Where the hell's Carolyn? I don't know. Carolyn's out. She's out. What is that about? Yeah. Who is she out with? 
She's at the Garvey's. Wow. Yeah. All right. This just got weird. He's saying he's a man. He could smoke a pipe. And Laura asks, he asked Laura, I'm sorry, if smoking a pipe makes him look older. And she's like, yes, you look at least 10. He says, I am 10. So he's 10? He's 10? I don't know. You know I'm bad at this. So Mary is 16. 16. So Laura's probably about like 13. 13. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And Albert's like 10. But I have a question. He says boys mature faster than girls do. Not true. Um, all you mothers out there. Not true. Of, of girls and boys. I feel like that's not true. It's not true. And I'm not dissing boys. Believe me, it's a, a bad thing that, <laughs> you know, girls mature faster. Because then when they're 14, they're trying to act like they're 37. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. All right. So he's 10, Jen. I was stunned by this. I don't know why. But then all of a sudden he gets sick and he's puking. We didn't. And did you see the makeup job? He looks like a corpse. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't need okay. that. Yeah. Back at what I'm calling the blind school brigade, we see <laughs> Mrs. Olson deciding to ride with Joe Kagan. Wow. She's got some guilt. She sees him as human, Jen. I wrote, wow. oh, look, she's tolerating a black person. Oh, God. This... Uh, uh, I should have watched Pray Away before this. I would have had a lot more to say. Okay. Because my rage would have been bubbling right at the surface. (laughs) Okay. Oh, and then she says she doesn't think there's a right color or wrong color. That she's the kind of person who thinks it's what's inside someone that counts. What? Turns on a dime. Since when? Well, but you have to remember, Harriet is one of those people that is so concerned about what people think of her. Yes. Yep. You know, like her image is like the most important thing to her. That's true. So she's willing to pivot her ideals to match the favorable image, which in this case works for the better of everyone. Right, right, right. It's a good thing in this case. Yeah. Yep. All right. So we head off and the terrain is getting more and more arduous. Okay. Back at Olson's Mercantile, Nels is loading something onto Garvey's wagon, and he's complaining about the crick in his back. And Jonathan says, oh, he's complaining about the crick in his back because he's been sleeping on the couch he's been sleeping on the couch. That's a foot too short for him. Jonathan says, I've been meaning to tell you, Nels, your furniture looks mighty fine in Mrs. Tuhoon's bedroom. (laughs) Okay. Rubs it in. Creeper Jonathan hanging out in Mrs. Tuhoon's bedroom. Well, they probably delivered yeah. it there. Nellie is there, and she's taking on Harriet's role. She's bitching about giving away all the supplies. She doesn't know how they'll ever make money. And Nels goes, it's for Chariot. Harriet, uh, I mean Nellie. <laughs> Was that intentional, do you think? Yes. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Nellie looks much older all of a sudden. Did you notice this, Jenny? Yeah, yeah. She's in that phase now where she's like an adult. Yeah, definitely. All of a sudden, a guy arrives, and he's got Harriet's plaque. Yes. For the blind school. And it's huge. And it's made of solid bronze, which is 9,000 pounds. Okay. Even though it took six men to load it, Nels, <laughs> Jonathan, and the driver are able to unload it. Well, they kind of just pull it off the thing, though. Like, lifting it onto the carriage is probably much harder than just, like, they just kind of pulled it off. Yep. Yep. So that guy... What a horrible delivery service. Yeah, he's like, I w- I'm not paid he's to like, do this. He's like, here it is. That would be like the UPS guy rolling up and being like, just pull it off the truck. Yeah, and Nels has to pay him, guys, to help him. Yeah. So Nels drops it and grabs his side saying, oh, like, I'm really injured this time. And he says, <laughs> if Harriet were here right now, he'd kill her. <laughs> Did you see that look? That was sinister. And then we zoom in and he's transformed into evil Winoka Nels. From that, from that, Yeah. From his, he still has that crazy Nels inside of him. 
He does. When was he threatening her with the hatchet? The Creeper of Walnut Grove. Oh, no, no, no. That was later. Mm-mm. That was later. That was the episode after the Winoka of Nels. Okay, so can we call evil Nels Winoka Nels? Yeah, I like Winoka Nels. Okay. <laughs> Winoka right. Nels. So, guys, Winoka Nels is when Nels is off the rails. He's the crazy gambling, like, has a backbone, tells everyone off, yes. puts his job Nels. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The Nels inside of, uh, of us all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now we're at the river, and it's really raging. Fucking raging. <laughs> There's no fairy to be found. And I have a and question. I have many questions about how to get like, across the river. Did you like how Hester she's like, it looks real bad. Hester's like, yeah, this is this looks is real good. bad. This is real, real bad. I have many questions, Jenny. Number one, why can't Charles, because, okay, Charles decides to kick all the kids off the wagon and to take the wagon across to see how deep it is. I have an index card. <laughs> So this is a, this is a pro tip from. <laughs> oh, I thought we weren't doing that. <laughs> this is a pro tip from, from Gen X. This is why. <laughs> pro tip. Index card. This is a pro tip index card. Oh boy. How to cross a river safely on a horse. Number one. This is from. You don't uh, just equine. beat the shit out of it like Charles did? <laughs> this is from Equine Magazine. <laughs> Number one. From Horses Weekly or whatever. No, it's not from Horses Weekly. This is from the real, this is from the real deal. Number one, survey the land leading up to the water's edge. Swampy muck often precedes a dangerous bog beneath the water's surface. A steeper, rocky drop-off indicates unreliable footing ahead. So you want it to be a gentle slope into the water. You don't want you don't want to get stuck in the mud Which in the middle of a river. This river was. If you looked at the ground, you could see the bottom of the river almost all the way across. Yeah. Yep. Number two, look for areas where other animals have entered. Now, this is kind of funny. I feel like this is prejudice against cattle, but we'll see what you think. Deer, for example, have a knack for finding a firm, gentle slope that leads into the water. But beware of following cattle tracks. Cattle wade in, wade into the river wherever they happen to be, churning stream banks into mire as they do. Oh, wow. <laughs> right? That doesn't feel like journalism. Wow. I feel like cattle are being smeared here. Wow. Hashtag justice for cattle. Three, listen to your horse. Extreme reluctance to enter the stream on the part of the horse, on the part of the usually water-savvy horse, is to be heeded. So trust trust your horse's instinct. I believe in that. I believe in that. Number four, dismounting, if it is safe, will free your horse to take whatever actions it must to get out of its fix. Mm, There you go. Well, one of the problems that they have, though, is they're trying to pull wagons across. So, like, the horse is freaking out probably because the wagon is taking all that water, right? And probably, like, it's like an anchor, right? Okay. It's like pulling the horse. I'm going to dissect this. Oh, great. Can't wait. Because I, I know your, your study of physics. I have a lot of problems with this scene. Okay. So, Charles takes the wagon. Is your index card over, by the way? My index card is over. Okay. End of index card. (laughs) End of pro tip. (laughs) So Charles has taken the wagon across the river. I I use river loosely. Stream. No, it's a river. Okay. It's a river. That water, I watched it, never went above the horse's knee. Which is good, but don't forget they have a wagon attached to it. Okay. Charles beats the piss out of these horses. (laughs) He's just beating them and beating them. And I had a real problem with that. Like, it was hard to watch at times. I was like, holy crap, dude. But here's the my horse question. Is so, once they get the wagon across, we can assume 
that Charles could stand in that water and wouldn't be above his knees. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why yeah. don't it, they? It just, would be easier for him to just walk across. Why yeah. don't they just carry the kids over one by one? Throw them on a piggyback that, ride. Take the kid over. Dump it. It depends on how fast that stream is going, right? Like if the if the current is so fierce that it's un, you could walk across, but it feels a little unstable. You don't want to fall with a kid on your back. I forgot to factor in current. Yeah, the current is crazy. That's the problem. It's not mm-hmm. the depth. It's the current that's the problem. Okay. But anyway. Amy's talking about crossing a river, and she forgot to factor in current, people. This is what I'm saying. Amy Science Corner. It's literally the thing. It's li- Otherwise, it would be a bog or a lake. That's yeah. true. Okay. But I was real happy to see that they rigged up this system where they can swing them over. They have like a zip line. It was going. awesome. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The kids were psyched. Because then I was saying, well, why doesn't Charles just take one horse, unhitch it, and just ride the kids back and forth? Because the horses are a pain in the ass to get across the river. They're not They're not having it. Okay. So they rig up a swing, and they take all the kids across. And so everyone went ziplining. We didn't get to see any of that. I know. Everyone's excited, <laughs> Jen, except Adam. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I love how all the kids are laughing at Harriet screaming that she's going to drown when she's on this way. I know. Harriet's ridiculous. I mean, she's an able-bodied woman. I mean, to Hike be fair. Hike up your dress and walk across. But to be fair, like, they can't see what's happening, so they don't know if she's drowning. That's like, true. You know what I mean? They're, like, laughing. That's true. I mean, they're kids. You can't expect But they're to probably the right taking thing. their cues from Charles, who's laughing yeah, hysterical. Yeah, who's laughing his yeah. ass off. Okay. Right. So... They rig up a swing. They slide the kids across. Harriet is going across. She flips out and screams the entire time. Yeah. She's in a foot of water. And every like single the side the person is laughing. Yep. Jen, now it's Adam's turn. <laughs> Guys, I I don't know what to say here. Okay. Let me paint. How did you describe this? Let me, How did you describe Let this? me paint this picture. Adam is on the ground holding onto the rope. And he goes into some kind of fetal position. And this is where I'm like, is his secret that he is the Incredible Hulk? I just have Adam is having some kind of disanimation episode. Because <laughs> he like just freezes, right? Like he just, which is a thing. Yes. Yes. Like sleep paralysis. Like he's having a meltdown. But He's having a total meltdown. So Bill Bixby played the Incredible Hulk. But who played uh, the yeah. Hulk? Because Bill Bixby uh, Lou played, right, Bill Bixby played David Banner. Yeah. So Adam has a real Lou Ferrigno vibe about him here, guys. I swear Amy, to God. Can we just discuss that Amy loved The Incredible Hulk? Loved it. Like, was obsessed with it. I was obsessed with it. I loved it so much. But remember Lou Ferrigno had the real puffy hair? Yep. Adam has the puffy hair. He does the scream. He bursts into a rage and pushes Hester Sue. Okay. And then Joe Kagan has to punch him right in the fucking face. He, he knocks him out. Joe knocks him out. Well, Timmy goes, oh, isn't that dude a boxer? I'm like, oh, I yes. forgot all about that. Yeah, he knows how to knock people out. Because, like, Adam was out for, like, hours yeah. because of yeah, this. Yeah, he, he was out cold. Enough time for them to tie him to the swing and send him across. Right. Can can we discuss, uh, speaking of Lou Ferrigna, I watched Pumping Iron, the documentary. Oh, that's a good one. That's it's a good It's actually one. really good. Yeah. It's actually really good. That's Very a good one. Yep. Isn't uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in that? That is mostly about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So now it's dark out, Jen. Adam is still unconscious. 
damn, Joe. Yep. So Hester Sue and Joe Kagan start chatting, and she's starting to melt towards him a little bit. She's like, you handled yourself real well when you knocked that fucking kid out. I mean, several people were traumatized by this river crossing. (laughs) I think they need a therapist on the other side of this. Then she tells him, Jen, I feel like she really spoke to you here. She's like, I was married once, and I do not plan on ever being married again. Not ever to anyone. Not even the last man on earth. Just getting that up front. <laughs> she's tough, That man. needs to go on the back of your shirt, Jenny. I feel like she's more like Graham, right? She's like, a little Graham. She's yeah, a little Graham. Yeah. yeah, Graham, like, really thought it was hilarious when I called her a man-hater. Like, Graham, and I was a little kid when I said that. Like, I didn't know, you know, what the term meant or anything, but I just yeah. used to say, Graham really hates men all the time. Like, she's a man-hater. Yeah, like, like, I would never lead a conversation with that. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's crazy. So Joe Kagan says, look at Mrs. Terhone. In Walnut Grove, as far as colored folk go, I am the last man on earth. He makes a solid point. He makes a good point, but it, there's also this implication, right, that black people can only marry black people. I mean, at this time? Right. At this time? Right. Yes, that is true. Right, right, right. right. You think she's going to go marry a white guy at this time? No way. That's true. I mean... That was a big deal still in the 60s. That's true. All right, back to Adam. I wrote, will we finally find out what the fuck is going on with Lou Ferrigno? (laughs) (laughs) Jen, he's having a night terror. (laughs) I didn't mean to laugh. Amy's laughing at Adam's trauma. You know, I don't laugh at night terrors because I used to get them. Did I ever tell you that? No. I never had night terrors ever. But I had them for like a two-month period, and it was right when I first started dating Timmy. (laughs) That says a lot. says a lot. He wakes up in a cold sweat and tells Mary that he was paralyzed with fear this afternoon and that he was a coward in front of his wife. This is terrible acting. It's so bad. Terrible acting. Jen, basically the story is Adam fell into a stream and hit his head and he was blinded by the accident and now he has PTSD. Is that how he went blind? That's what he says. Or was that just he happened to go blind at the same time he had this accident? I don't know. The implication is that he went blind from it. Okay, Okay. got it. Mary comforts him and I wrote, dude, she grew up with Pa. Like the most emotionally intelligent man you can find. She's okay with you crying. And being sensitive. Yeah, she likes that. She likes that. So they embrace. All right. So we're done with that. We're done with that stupid. We're done. Thank God. Subplot. (laughs) I just want him to hulk out again. (laughs) So I guess rivers trigger him. Oh, this is awesome. Okay. Yep. So why is that awesome? Because if I were Laura, I'd be taking him by the river all the time. (laughs) All right. Now the team pulls into Walnut Grove, and Joe Kagan, not done, Jen, harassing Hester Sue. There's my place, Hester Sue. Not done. They drive by his place, and he tells her it's real cozy and snug inside. And she goes... And Hester like, never. She's like, I will never never know that. Never, Never, ever, ever. ever. Never. Mm -hmm. And Joe says, never is a long time in a lonely place. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. They pull up at the blind school, a.k.a. Amos Pike's house. I looked it up. It's the same house. Can I say that... Did you see Laura running all over the place? What is the energy of this kid? Like, she's crazy. (laughs) Carolyn is so happy to see Mary, too. Yes, she is. But, you know, I wrote that she throws herself around Charles, even though it didn't happen, but I imagine it did. No. Okay. Okay. So, 
then we see that piece of shit Mr. Larrabee. And he comes out on the porch and is flipping out about the black people. He's thrown around the N-word like a crazy person. Oh, my God. Then Harriet passionately defends black people and tells Larrabee that black and white are just two different colors. And Nels Go ahead. And that he's a bigot. And this is how they should have handled this from the beginning. Yes. Jen, did you get the look on Nels' face? Nels, Nels was proud. Nels is looking at her like, I think I'd hit that. And not in the Winoka <laughs> Nels way. <laughs> oh, God. But this is, a, this is a classic example of, like, Larrabee doesn't know any black people, right? Right. Like, Mrs. Olsen just spent time and got to know people. Yeah. And had that experience. And now she's like, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. It's great. Yep. Yeah. So Harriet takes Samson by the hand and they go over to where Rev Alden is giving a blessing. And I just want to say something about Rev Alden. Harriet's launching into this passionate defense of black people and equality. He interrupts everybody. I know. Everyone, can you come over here? I want to pray. Like, dude, we're in the middle of like a life changing revelation over here. Whatever. And can I just say, we all know that God does not bless this house. God does not bless that house. <laughs> like foreshadowing. Nope, 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 nope. And did we get some foreshadowing with uh, Albert smoking? Oh, we did a little bit, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Rev tells everyone to hug, and they all do. And even Harriet and Joe Kagan, she can't bring herself to hug him, but she can shake his hand. Well, it would have been inappropriate I don't for, know. I don't like, know. Like a woman to hug a man. Like, Maybe not. Know, you know how their puritanical laws yeah, are at this time. That's true. Harriet says, Mr. Kagan, it's been a long journey. So yeah. in three weeks, Michael Landon has cured racism. Well, cured Harriet's racism. Yes. Way to go, Michael Landon. Good job. And that's it, Jen. That's the end of this I don't, oh, this journey. Okay, so this second half was a little better, maybe? A little better. In that it's centered on the journey. Like, it was more put together. The storyline was more put together. The but but in your opinion, if if this had aired as one episode, it would have been better. Yes. So maybe it was the splitting up of the episode that made no sense. Yeah, because... The, and I don't know if the writers write it as two episodes or write it as one, and then they decide to air it as two. No, they probably write it as two, but they, um, they probably had, like, 75 minutes of... Because let's face it, you couldn't do the whole journey and all of that in 45 minutes. Yeah. So they probably had like 70 minutes of material and they were like, let's just split it into two and we'll just add some stupid filler. We'll just add some fluffer. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what happened. Okay. Jenny, whose fault is this? I have that this is the U.S. government's fault for not building infrastructure fast enough. (laughs) They just needed a fucking bridge. Like a bridge would have solved so much in this episode. I have... This is the headmaster slash Charles Dickens character's fault. Because you had no oh. backup plan. You've been leasing this building for how long? Like, leasing it free. You've had yeah, you no ba- backup, backup plan. plan. Yeah, you gotta have a backup plan if you got something for free. Because you don't know how long that's gonna last. Yeah, and I mean, the dude dresses like he's got a little bit of money. <laughs> Dickens. <laughs> 
Okay, Jenny. So, oh, so you're just blaming the squarely on him. I'm blaming it on the okay. fucking headmaster. All right, so at the end of every episode, Jenny and I look back on a theme or a lesson, something we took from either the rewatch or the original airing, and think about how it manifested itself in our lives or, or in Gen X in general. We call it our why. It's designed to finish the statement, Gen X, this is why. Jenny, what is your why for this episode? So my why is, this is why it's never too late to change your point of view on things. Like, I think this is a good message of, like, what you were in the past or what you thought in the past can stay there. And, like, you can change your point of view and you could have had the wrong views in the past and that doesn't matter as long as, what matters is what you think today. And Harriet kind of touches on that. Like, this is what I think now. Like, don't... Don't don't think about what I thought before. The only place where this doesn't apply is if you've harmed people, right? Like you have to you have to you have to pay for that. Like if you've you know like molested somebody or something like that, obviously those things have to be reconciled, and you have to you know pay for those 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 crimes, sins, whatever. But you know, like if you just had the wrong point of view of things, which a lot of us in this generation have growing up, sure. right? I mean, we yep. could say we were kids, sure, but like we had the wrong idea about things and now we don't and that's good. Like So I'm going to I'm going to push back pro- on this a minute, okay? You can progress and change over time. I'm, and that's a good thing. I'm going to push back. So, do you think this is I guess what weight or what bearing does time period have on this because when i hear you say that i immediately think of you know when somebody tweets 10 years ago something racist and then that is uncovered and they obviously don't feel that way anymore or they've done good yep does that you know because 10 years ago was 2011 2001 no 2011 i mean it it depends right like if it was 1985 more forgivable than 2010 but i think and I think it depends on how you handle it in the current moment, right? Like, a lot, lots of people double down, and that's not good. Yeah, and they don't, try to defend. Don't double down. That they try to defend that point of view from ten years ago instead of just saying, "Look, I know that was 2010. I was wrong. That's not the right way to look at things. I've changed my point of view on that. I'm not. You know, I don't have that view anymore. Like that. I think that's we, all you can do. I, that's all you can do, right? You can't change the past. That's all you can do. I think we saw this with gay marriage. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I mean, even with politicians right that that are now pro-gay marriage like they were not for it and like what it it it, what matters is what you do today and what you think today and and if you if you had the wrong point of view in the past or you feel you know you reflect on it you say that was the wrong way of thinking that's fine just just call that out be like i was wrong then it's when people double down and try to defend it and say like oh well that was the time and like yes it was but you can still say that that was wrong right you can still say that i had the wrong point well of i then. saw a and, lot like, of this in pray away oh yeah right of course you know a yeah. lot of people were like look it was the 80s aids was happening we honestly believed that aids was a punishment for this wow. yeah. quote unquote deviant lifestyle yep and that played into their roles in this bizarre it was called the exodus yeah campaign and well and don't forget like as time goes on we we get more information like we understand how you know how the mind works better like you know we understand that that uh sexuality is not a choice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like we didn't we we didn't understand that through psychology and and science as much as we do now right like we didn't understand 
people didn't understand that it wasn't a choice then. Right. So, like, you have to look at it through that lens and say, like, you know, what were their point of views right? No. But given the information they had at the time and given the bullshit they were fed by the church, like, these are some of the decisions that people made. And were they terrible? Yes, they were. But... Like, what matters is how do you look at it today and how do you deal with it today? Well, and I think, you know, if you have a tweet from 10 years ago, which would have been 2011, and somebody's throwing around the N-word, that's not acceptable. No, 2011, that wouldn't be acceptable. That was not acceptable. If it was 1971... Right. In some archaic yeah. precursor to Twitter. <laughs> yeah, there's... I there's. Know. I think there's a certain amount of evolution on topics that is expected. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's that's one of them, right? Like that was unacceptable, yeah, for a long time, yeah. right? But you look at somebody like Louis C.K. I was just reading an article about his comeback tour and stuff. I don't think what he did is comebackable. I really don't. Right. Like it was sexual. Well, that, that's a that's a case of like you harmed people, right? Yes. Like you harassed yes. people. That's that's different than having. You know, like having some kind of bias in your point of view. Those are two different things to me. And, and the thing with him is. Do I think that he never deserves to stand on stage and make money ever again? No, I don't believe that. But he seems to have this air of like, all right, guys, come on. Yeah, no. Let's that's not put the right it behind attitude. us. You got to fall on your sword. He's not falling on a sword. He has to fall on a sword yeah. in this case. And be like, I, what I did was terrible and wrong. Yeah. And I regret it. Yes. And I, I understand that now. Can you, you, know can I mean? you like, think of somebody who's done that properly? Didn't, didn't Al, uh, what's his oh, name? Al Franken. He kind of did it better. He did it better. He He did it better. Al Franken, his case was interesting because it was a joke where he was, somebody was sleeping and he had the picture where he was grabbing her boobs. Yeah. But Al Franken is a comedian who came up in the 70s and 80s where that type of humor. Yeah. Was not only tolerated, it was lauded. Like, that was the type of humor. Look at movies like Animal House, Porky's. Yeah, totally. That kind of stuff. Yep. So, I do feel like maybe, you know, knowing that context, that he didn't, it was not malicious. Right. Right. Yeah. And I don't know if he deserved to lose his seat over this. But that's for other people who are more qualified to decide than me. Yeah. But I do think he handled it well. You're right. Because yeah. he immediately was like, I was wrong. Da, yeah. da, da. But I, I think like somebody like him is a good idea where the context mattered. Yeah. The background well, and, and we like I remember being in like high school and stuff and like you would do this kind of shit at parties all the time. Yes. Someone would pass out. You'd draw dicks on their head. You know, like, the, like this kind of stuff happened all the time. That doesn't make it right from this point of view today. And you it's know what not I mean? like the, we, we were all wrong. And it's not the same as what Louis C.K. did. It's not the same. Because right? Louis C.K. Uh, used, his, used power, his power. Used his power. Wielded like, his power. He, ha- he had authority <clears throat> over these people. Yes. Like, that is different. Yes. That, I mean, that's what we're going through with Cuomo right now. Yes. Right? It is a different situation. It's not, like, harmless joking around or, like, you know, like, like touching somebody in a way that now we know is, like is invasive right yes it it's he used his position of power that's a different situation cuomo handling it all wrong doubling handling down. it doubling down so wrong <laughs> but like of course he like of course, of course he, he is. is like the whole his whole character this makes sense that he would handle it this yeah. way all right jen i have this is why you should always eavesdrop on conversations it might melt your icy heart oh no that, yeah. that's not my real one <laughs> great 
My real why is this is why we were tricked into thinking Harriet was a redeemable character. Because they would feed us crumbs of her doing something, some superficial good deed. But she's doing things right for the wrong reasons. Right, right, right. And we thought it was good and it really wasn't. Harriet is not a redeemable character. No, if she's doing something right, it's for some kind of personal gain or something that, like, she, you know, she wants to make sure her character is, not her character, but, like, what people think of her. Like, they hold her in high esteem. Yeah, it's all about her image. Mm-hmm. And, but if you think about it, like, I never, I, I said this last episode, I never realized how purely evil she was. Yeah, and Nellie, too. Yeah. Although Nellie, Nellie does redeem, I think, as she gets older. Yes. And yeah. you can almost excuse Nellie because Nellie is the child of a bigot who's learning yeah. that bigotry and evil through her parents. Now, what Nellie does once she breaks away from that is on Nellie. Yeah. Yep. But, right. You know. But when she gets older and she marries Percival, like, I think she becomes a better character. Like, her and Laura become friends. Like, she seems like a decent person. Yeah. Like, she, she kind of turns out all right despite this. Yeah, I think so. I think so. That fictional character was raised well, and she turned out okay. <laughs> um, guys, I also forgot to announce that I got a copy of Big Lights Prairie Dust, the memoir yes. by Karen Grassle. And I'm super excited awesome. to read it. And everybody wants me to read it to them. Is that what they're, is that what's but going But I, I can't do that. Like, I can't do that legally. I cannot. What, what were you going to do? Do an audio Yeah, I can't do an audio book. So what I can do, though, is I'm going to read it. I'm going to share my thoughts with you guys. And then um, once the book comes out officially, which is in November, we can we can give it away as a prize. So Great. we'll be doing that kind of stuff. Okay. All right, Jenny. So why don't you tell everyone what's coming up next? So coming up next is season five, episode 14, The God Sister. Oh, God, I can't wait. The description reads, Charles and Jonathan take a job on a telephone crew that is working in southern Minnesota, which requires them to be away from home for several weeks. As they gain success and earn more money than expected, they must decide if the job is worth keeping for the long term. Back in Walnut Grove, little Carrie, who misses her father and craves attention, creates an imaginary friend to pass the time. Wow. 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 Okay. All right. And under fun fact on the Little House site, it says, E.J. Andre... Who played the angel? What? Oh, <laughs> no. There's an angel? Oh, God. Okay. There's, like, giant fruit and a dream sequence. Oh, is this the one you were talking yes, about? Yes, a la Wonka. Where, where I was like, are you sure you're not just thinking of Wonka? No. It's very Wonka-ish. I came across an article where a guy was arguing that, not Veruca Salt, the other girl. What's her name? The one that turns into a blueberry? Violet that has this passionate argument and it was in a few screens and it was kind of annoying to share i would have taken it passionate argument about why violet should have won willy wonka (laughs) (laughs) and how she'd be the best to run the factory wow okay because remember he goes violet you're turning violet violet so her name is violet Violet was they he argues that she's she knows candy better than any of the other kids true she's like deep in her research and she does have passion, compassion for the Oompa Loompas, so she has the compassion that Charlie has. Mm-hmm. But she's also a savvy business person, <laughs> and Charlie's not. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! And she doesn't have to bring four bedridden grandparents with her. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, Jenny. So uh, that's our episode. We're done with the blind journey. We're heading into Carrie's mental oh God, world. We? We're going to see a little peek of Carrie's internal world. That's, that's going to be scary. All right, Mimis. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. If you'd like to support Gen X This Is Why, please consider joining our Patreon service. For $5 a month, you can help us pay for new equipment, promotion, and hosting fees. Jenny and I are trying to keep our podcast commercial-free for as long as possible, and your generosity helps us do that. For your donation, you'll have access to our entire back catalog of Patreon episodes, including Mystic Pizza, Jaws 3D, Teen Wolf, and Dead Poet Society. We also published six after-school specials, including Stoned with Scott Baio. Currently, we are re-watching The Love Boat, and that is airing for the first time this month. If you can help, please consider subscribing. The link is in the show notes and on our website, genxthisiswhy.com. If money is tight, hey, we get it. But if you love us anyway, please just help spread the word. We appreciate that just as much. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.